the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Rob Black. And your money. And now, here's Rob Black. Sort of running out of time today. Had to take care of some family business. And it's also that time of year where just stuff keeps cropping up. But I thought I'd get some recording in for sure. The Dow increased today, closing at 11,203, up 22 points. The NASDAQ was up three points. And the S&P 500 up three. Today's movement came from higher than average volume on the NYSE, NYSE and lower than average volume on the NASDAQ. Advancers outpaced decliners. New highs outpaced new lows. Uh, new highs were 86 new lows, 21 on the NYSE. NASDAQ, it was 91 new highs, 42 new lows. Relative strength in natural gas. That was interesting to see. Um, spiders tied towards metal and mining. The XME, the semis did well. The um, coal did well. Retailers did nicely. Chile, the iShares of Chile. Um, and then after that, you started getting into not so much. You know, cotton was a poor performer. Sugar was a poor performer. Grain, India, um, some of the agricultural commodity complexes like DBA, cocoa, um, gasoline. So it was one of those odd, very odd days. If you look a little closer at energy, December crude oil futures slightly higher on Monday, but spent the rest of the week in the red. So that's telling you some, you know, some inventory data showed a drawdown of oil. Natural gas ended the week near session highs after spending the majority of the week in positive territory. Inventory showed a build of inventory. So some of the things that make sense to you don't really play out the right way sometimes. Precious metals ended the week mixed as gold was modestly lower. Silver futures finished notably higher. Agricultural commodities had some of the worst performers of the week. Soybeans down 5%. So again, they had a huge run, and it seems like they, they kind of slipped a little bit. So stocks slid to a moderate loss in and out during the day. And, you know, it was tied towards China's central bank increasing a reserve requirement for their banks by 50 basis points for his second time in as many weeks. The announcement was not that surprising since speculation had been building that China might tighten policy to fend off some inflation. There were some huge winners today. You know, Nike was a standout. They increased their quarterly cash dividend. I like Nike for the long-term patient investor. Marvel Technology was a winner, inspired by some you know semiconductor plays. The whole semiconductor index climbed. Dell was a better than expected performer in their margins last night. So total volume was was good, and I like seeing that. So let's talk a little perspective on the week. The S and P five hundred in flat. Sharp drop on Tuesday was offset by a huge gain on Thursday. Speculation that China is going to raise rates was the big story of the week. A little bit on Ireland as well. In other news, General Motors returned to the public market. Great acclaim after an IPO post-bankruptcy, of course. That raised more than $20 billion for the company. The M&A market remains active. Caterpillar bought Busiris this week. EMC bought Islan Systems this week. Both of those companies, you know, uh, threw a $10 billion of acquisitions. 20 to 30% premium, 20, 30% premiums for both companies being acquired. 
retailers did pretty good in earnings this week. T- Target was higher, 3.9%. Lowe's, Home Depot, Staples, Gap, TJX. They all post quarterly results that were better than expected. Walmart was in line. Sears holding missed. So that's kind of, you know, the corporate news of the week. The economic data, retail sales brought out good news. Um, consumer price index increased two tenths of a percent. On a year-over-year basis, we saw CPIs up just 1.2%, smallest increase on the core CPI in the history of the index, which dates back to 1957. Housing starts this week dropped 11%. They were revised uh, lower for September as well. Building permits were pretty damn anemic. Initial claims rose to 439,000. This is an elevated level, but the sustained move below 450,000 without any special factors contributing tied towards seasonal adjustments was telling you that the labor market's grown a little less stressed. In Shanghai, markets dropped 5% in one session and ended the, you know, and in one session at the end of the previous week and had a session this week where the market loss was 4% on speculation of an increase in rates. So China had a rough week. We didn't so much. Um, I throw that out there. I think it's good for you to consume, good for you to think about. The S&P 500 is up almost 8% for the year. The Dow is up 7.4%. The Nasdaq's up almost 11%. The Russell 2000 up 15.8%. So it's not too shabby, all things considered. Looking ahead to next week, what are we going to be trading off of? First and foremost, we get the Fed minutes. We get housing data. We get European manufacturing. Um, so we get a lot to think about next week. Monday, November 22, Chicago Fed Manufacturing Index, $35 billion in two-year treasury notes are going to be auctioned. Uh, Brocade, Hewlett-Packard, Pacific Sunware. Tyson, there's a couple earnings reports on Monday that are kind of interesting. A Fed speaker is coming out on Monday. International economics data as well on Monday. There's a little uh, conference on global metals. And Tuesday, we're going to get the existing home sales. We're going to get more of a Fed survey as well. Uh, a couple more earnings uh, names like Medtronic, um, Zales, and TiVo. Nothing really jumping out. I'm, I'm What I'm trying to get at is... I'm going on vacation next week at the end of the week and markets are closed on Thursday and I'm only going taking two days off. But it's really kind of important to tell you that, you know, Wall Street's not their heart's not going to be in it. The heart's just not going to be in it. Um, interesting to look back in the last third quarter filings of, of hedge funds. Um, hedge funds are big money and sometimes they show you sector rotation. Sometimes they show you, you know, different issues. Um, you know, last quarter, for instance, we saw a lot of moves into REITs and then REITs had a great quarter, uh, buying interest in select enterprise tech companies was the trend during this quarter. In my opinion, you saw names like Lawson's technology, ticker symbol LWSN, uh, huge Carl Icahn took a huge stake in that. Um, Einhorn took a, a big piece of Broad Ridge Financial, ticker symbol BR. Paulson's position in BMC software was a highlight for sure. Um, Greenlight took a larger position in Apple. They also added to their holdings in, in Pfizer. So um, back to Carl Icahn and Lawson Software, ticker symbol LWSN. He started his position in the second quarter and he added more to it. Um, it's worth noting that Icon had a sizable position in middleware player BEA systems before it was acquired by Oracle. So Paulson Capital, uh, which ranks in the top five amongst hedge funds in terms of assets under management, they bought 1.3 million shares of BMC software. 
Maverick Capital was a buyer of inter- enterprise-based tech companies. And third, they bought 8 million shares of Dell, 4.5 million shares of Oracle, 3 million shares of a company called SolarWinds, ticker symbol SWI. And what they do is a small tech, small cap tech company that specializes in enterprise class uh, network management software. So it's SolarWinds isn't tied towards, you know, wind power off the moon or anything like that. Don't get crazy on me. But a lot of tech buying. Um, there were some other ones like George Soros picked up a million shares, almost two million shares of Dendrion, ticker symbol DNDN. They do therapeutic vaccines that help the body's immune system fight cancer by f- targeting cells. It's been subject to a lot of volatility on reports surrounding efficacy of its recently approved drug Provence. It's a potential blockbuster. The treatment costs $93,000, but Medicare is currently weighing the option of picking up patients' bills. Will they or won't they? Um, some pretty crazy stuff to say the least. With that said, I got a cut. I got a boogie. I'm so sorry for the short podcast and uh, have a good weekend. I'll try to get to a longer one Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of next week. I thought I gave you something terribly unique in this podcast. So do, do, do love me and do support me. Uh, remember, you can go to Apple iTunes to get a copy of this podcast subscription under Rob Black and your money, Rob Black and your money. Listen to me Monday through Friday on 1220 KDOW. Call the show 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Take care and have a good day.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.